0: Let's give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? He stoops down on heaven and on earth to look. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family, making her ha- a happy mother. Praise the Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You can go ahead and have a seat for a few minutes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are back. Yeah. Woo hoo! And for the most part, we are back in one piece. Um, Some of us got back last night about 7 o'clock. Others drove through the night, arriving at 3.30, 4.30, depending on daylight savings time, just so they could be here this morning. Because we come back as missionaries, sent by you guys, back to report on what God did, what God is doing, and what we hope to see God do in the future. As the pastor, I want to thank you for covering our team in prayer. God heard your prayers, and he answered. As a member of the team, I want to thank you for praying. I felt your prayers. Bless you. This last summer, I read a book titled The Genesee Diary, which, as the title suggests, is a diary of Henry Nowen's seven-month stay at the Trappist Monastery. I wasn't prepared for the impact it had on me. To me, journals or diaries are, are deeply personal. They're between God and the person who's writing them. So to read somebody else's journal was to look intimately into his soul, the things he went through, the joys, the trials, the laughter and the pain. By reading his journal, I got to see, hear, and feel more of his heart than I would have been able to had I sat down in a lecture hall when he talked about his time there. I think by reading his journals, I got to understand more of his heart than had I just asked him, hey, how was your time? I know this morning, you guys are all wondering, how was your time in Mexico? And I want to answer. We want to answer. But better than me giving a quick overview and even better than a few people from the team standing up and sharing about their experience, I want to give you a chance to read their journals. Over the week we were there, each night our team would gather together for team time. This was a time to reflect on the day. It was a time to pray together, a time to uh, be in the Word a little. We knew this week would be really impactful on us, and we knew once we came back that reality would knock us in the teeth. And eventually... Even with the, the real possibility of the depth of impact God had on us, we knew there was potential for a slow fade of the things in our minds that we remembered. So we set aside time each night to, to journal in a little trip book. This morning, you get to hear us read our journals. Each person is going to come up, minus the kids, no pressure on them. They're going to come up and they're going to share at some point throughout the the week of something they wrote or experienced or felt in their journal. On each day, we had a a blank page called Doodles, Drawings, and Dots. And that's because we we realized that not everybody uh, writes. Some people draw. Some people write poetry. Some people stare at a blank page and have mental pictures come through. So not everybody will share directly word for word from their journal. I'm giving them permission, if they want, to elaborate more on what they read. I'm also giving them permission to not elaborate. You see, some of the things on this trip, some of the weight may still be heavy upon them, and to force into words the the significance of what God did in them in front of a group this early would not do justice to what happened on the trip. In fact, you'll be hearing more from one particular member next week. If you want to ask them, how their trip was. Beyond what you hear them say up here, don't just corner them in the foyer and say, how was your trip? Invite them over. A cup of coffee, some juice, some cake and cookies. Invite them into your home, your life, and then ask them. Because then you'll get to hear more of their heart. And they'll let you even deeper into their lives. Sound good? You guys are in for a treat this morning, hearing from the team. I want to pray. We're going to worship in song for a bit and then we'll share throughout. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you heard and answered the prayers of this this group, of this church. I thank you for the experience we had down in Mexico and for the way each and every person, even here sitting throughout the week, was with us. God, as we report back this morning, we want all glory and honor and praise and adoration to go to you. We recognize this was your doing. We were mere vessels of what you wanted to see done. So we ask your your hand of courage on the people who come up and share. We ask that their ears and eyes would be open. And we ask the same for those sitting listening this morning. May we see what you did and will do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Father, you are truly great, and it's the least that you deserve for us to stand here and sing your praises this morning. So Father, our prayer this morning is that no matter what we do, say or think, Lord, that you would be right there in front of us, guiding us and directing us.
0: invite up uh, Sam Cates, Maddie, Duco, and uh, Justin and Kim, do you guys want to share on this time since neither of you texted me and told me what day you're going to share. All right, there we go. Pull up a stool, make yourself comfortable. A week ago tonight, after a day of traveling... Uh, For some people, it was more like three days of traveling, literally. We entered a new country, a new climate, a new culture. And that night, we gathered for team time. We were tired from travel. We were a little bit anxious as to what the next week would hold. And I think each of us was wondering, God, what are you going to do in us, through us, for us? On that night, I gathered the team together. Just go and hold that for me. And I read to them 2 Kings, verse 6 through 18. Many of you are familiar with that passage. It's the passage where the uh, king of Aram, who was uh, battling the Israelites, he kept trying to attack the Israelites. And Elisha the prophet kept uh, spoiling his plans. It happened three or so different times. And finally the king of Aram said, what's going on? Who's doing that? And some of his high advisors said, it's Elisha the prophet. Well, where is that prophet? Well, he's over in such and such a place. We need to go get him. Take a jahustic army. Let's go. And that's where we'll pick up the story. It says that when the servant of the man of God, which would be Elisha's servant, when he got up early the next morning and he went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Then the Lord opened his eyes and the man saw. O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. You see from the uh, front of the trip book, if I can reach it, the theme for us on our trip was what do you see? That was a question we, re- we wrestled with just about every night we were there. I felt God saying, you know, God's gonna, God wants to show us stuff. He wants us to hear stuff. He wants us to see stuff. So I challenged the team that, that Sunday night, what do you see? What do you think God's going to do? Um, that night we were obviously tired, so I encouraged them, hey, three words. First three words that come to your mind. What, what words did God lay on your heart? Do You guys want to share your three words? No? Okay, I will. Nobody signed up for Monday or Sunday, so I have to talk. Uh, That night I wrote down three different words. Humanity, nurture, and peace. Those are words that God wanted me to pay attention to throughout the week. And he definitely, uh, I definitely saw those things. Sunday night we met the family. And when you actually meet the family you're building, you, you see the faces, you see them interacting with each other. They're a little bit uncomfortable sitting there at the table surrounded by this group of white people who don't speak their language. They're talking back and forth with their translator. Yet you realize this is not just some poverty-stricken group. These are people just like me, just like you. And God showed me that humanity throughout the week. Uh, Nurture and peace, if you want to know why God had me write those down, you can ask me later. Another night passed and morning came. How's that for the beginning of the Bible? And God said it is good. (laughs) Monday, after a day of work, after a day of ministry, we were still thinking through, still praying through 2 Kings 6.17 where Elisha prayed God open their eyes so they could see. And we asked these questions of the team. What do you see today? What did you hear? What did you feel? What's the Lord trying to show you in these things? After that first day of ministry, after jumping into the deep end of poverty, what people will share this morning gives you a window into their souls. I noticed none of you brought your trip books, so they're going from memory. You can grab it. You want to read directly from it? You don't have to. You'll have to invite Kim into, her, into your life. Sam, talk to us about what you want to share. What, what took place Monday that that really struck you. you? Turn it on. I don't, I don't need this. Uh, yeah, you do. <clears throat> you do because we're recording it and the people who listen worldwide I I wanna I hear it. You gotta talk with it right here. Well, um, even further up.
2: This is this close enough? There you go. Okay. Um, as we drove into this neighborhood, you know, it was a half hour trip from the compound to the neighborhood. Uh, we drove into this neighborhood. I'm a bit ashamed, but uh, my my first emotion was anger. I
0: was, I forgot my sunglasses. Sometimes because he was in Mexico, his eyes start to sweat. So give him a little grace here.
2: I, I was angry that these these people have to live this way. Um, but throughout the day I you know, spoke tried to speak with the family, kids. and uh, I was also impressed with with how happy they can be with such simple lives. I knew maybe five words of Spanish. And these kids, you know, they, they had such patience with me. Um, and I also thought, you know, they're are I feel like they're missing out on a lot. But I think they're better off for it because I realized after that first day at work, It was a lot easier for me to get through a day of work. Um, I don't have my daily stresses that I do here. And uh, distractions, my stupid cell phone, you know. um, Just things that, that pull me away from, I guess from everybody here. I didn't have those there. And so I was, in a sense, forced to socialize with people. And and, uh, I really enjoyed it.
0: You did a fantastic job doing that, too. Uh, I don't know if I'll tell stories about every person, but there was a day that Sam's not a small guy. um, And you see this Sam come tearing around the corner of a house ducking under the clothesline that we built. And he just kind of leans against the house and a few seconds later, like four or five little Mexican girls come running by, screaming, laughing, and He jumps out and scares him, and he did a fantastic job interacting with (laughs) him. I encourage you guys grab Sam. uh, Maybe when his eyes won't sweat as much, and talk to him. Maddie, for those that don't know, Maddie is extremely deep. There is a profoundness in her, um, and her eyes are already sweating. So, Maddie, talk to us about talk to us about Monday. What what struck you? You gotta go all the way up.
3: So, we got there, and the family was already sitting there, and as we got working and the day went on, more family and more friends and neighbors came around to check out the thing, and that was cool, and about, like, right after lunch, I think, the aunt came, and the aunt was so excited just that her, I think it was her sister, was getting a house, that was this and nice and she came around to everybody and shook their hands and she was so loving. And when she said goodbye, she said goodbye to everyone and she gave me this huge hug and just was thankful and just happy for that. And it was so great that the love she had for her family and how she (coughs) wasn't jealous that her family was getting this house, you know, her house, may have not been that nice. We didn't know where it was. We didn't know how far she had to walk to get there, but she was there supporting her family all along. She wasn't jealous and she just loved you that, you know, she loved what you were doing and had this, just this love. And that really touched me that she could just love like that. And that was my cool thing.
0: You can be done. (laughs) Go ahead and hand that mic over so you're not tempted to talk more. <laughs> Maddie, thank you. Uh, just about every night at Team Time as we were sharing, Maddie, Maddie would say something deep and profound, and it was often accompanied with tears. Uh, wonderful, wonderful asset to our team. Kim, you talking about Monday or a different day? Yeah, you can hold on. You'll come back up. Justin, you want to talk about Monday? Well, uh, last year,
1: um, I didn't quite understand, you know, really. I understand we're fixing a house for people, but um, the true reason why, um, and then this year they had a, a theme that was called Mexico uh, Yoteamo, and um, it was uh, love, Mexico, we love you, and um, coming from here to there, it's uh, it's definitely, definitely different um, Like Sam was saying, the people down there have such simple lives, and like he said, again, we, you know, he felt they were missing out. We felt they were missing out, but to be honest, like, we, Americans, were missing out. We don't have simple things. We have our iPads, our iPhones, all that kind of stuff to keep us entertained. Um, They have dirt, rocks, bottles, and maybe, if they're lucky, a soccer ball. So um, to uh, see see how, how simple and how hard for us, but really easy for them to live a day in Mexico and all that dirt, you know, dogs, just dirty, uh, probably like the worst of the worst anybody could really think of, sewers running to the roads. I don't know, it was just a, a huge eye-opener. And um, I don't really have a big, huge, fancy, mushy story, but to, uh, to see... <laughs> To see true love from them to us, and they understand where we are. They understand we have everything that we ever want. Um, they, they're grateful that we're coming to help them with a, with a house, um, playing with, with our kids. You now, um, it's just a love. <laughs> they, they truly do have love. And, and I did see that a lot in Mexico. And, and what I learned down there was to actually open my eyes to look for this this love and not want it to come to me, but to actually look for it, and um, that was my lesson for Monday, and throughout the entire week was, was just to look, so that's what I've got.
0: Very good. Justin, thank you. Justin mentioned uh, they have rocks and empty bottles to play with, and I'm not sure if Tegan was, was there, but on day one or day two, we look out and... I see my kids and maybe Teague and two standing on a cliff throwing rocks towards something. And it's never good when you can't see what they're throwing rocks at. But the, the little Hispanic boys had set up four bottles that they had found in the ditch. And they were spread out all over the place, you know, in the ways that we wouldn't want. One person here, one person directly across throwing rocks at the bottles. But talk about laughter, talk about joy, and talk about love. Yeah. Can I, I want to pray for you four. And now we're going to sing a little bit more. We're going to have more people come up. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for the impact that you made on Sam, on Maddie, on Justin. And we'll pray for Kim later. God, I thank you for the ways you opened their eyes to the love they were able to see, to the excitement of a family and a family member getting something. God, for the ability to be able to communicate without distraction and and to, to feel anger. I thank you for what you allowed these three to see. God, I pray that what they saw would bleed over into our congregation. And I pray that you would help these three not forget, but to keep looking. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. we we'll invite up Jeff Cates, Jerry Duco, and Courtney Iduko. Oh, bring in the tissue. I'll let you talk first. How's that? Ready? Go. Just kidding. Just kidding. Where is Jeff? Oh, is he counting? Is he in the nursery? He's... He's doing all he can not to share. He's on his way. Okay, perfect. Well, I will talk for just a moment while he gets here. Tuesday evening as a group, we read the story of Balaam and Balaam's talking donkey. Most of you know this story. It's the story of a prophet who uh, was going to, on his way to, Jeff Gates, come on up here. There you go. Balaam's story story is the story of a prophet who's on his way to prophesy against Israel. And the donkey he's riding happens to see some things that surprise him. And it's a great story, a miraculous story of the donkey ultimately talking to Balaam. We pick up the story in verse 29 of Numbers chapter 22. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times, it asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before them. And the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw. Since we've been praying for God to open our eyes, I really wanted to think about Tuesday night, what it would take for God to open our eyes. You know, would it take a miracle like a talking donkey? So we reflected and journaled on some of the same questions we'd thought about the days before and we want to give these three an opportunity just to share what uh, what they'd been seeing, hearing, feeling, experiencing on that Tuesday. Courtney, you got the mic.
4: Every day my connection to the family came through Mackenzie. They were always eager to hold her and all the little kids wanted to make her laugh and let her walk around. And on Tuesday I was in the house and I look out and this little girl, Cindy, had become like Mackenzie's mother of on the site. And, always carrying her around and I look out Mackenzie's asleep and Cindy's just waiting waiting for her to wake up. Just looking in and finally she's awake and the beam in her eyes is just like just this love of this little girl's awake and Cindy didn't know Mackenzie she was just a little girl herself and it showed me that there didn't need, that there's no border, there's no barriers between us and them and there was the innocence and the little children that could be the that, that there, there was the innocence between the two cultures and the two religions and or not the religions but the two cultures and just the love that the family showed towards Mackenzie without knowing and I feel like sometimes that we have a hard time I have a hard time loving without knowing but they didn't experience that at all.
0: So. Mm, fantastic and Courtney learned that Mackenzie cries in Spanish. (laughs) So you guys figure that one out. Let's go. Jerry.
5: um, I don't know. I'm a quiet person, but my family is so very important to me. My girls um, accepted RJ, and now I have Mackenzie. And going down on this trip was something huge for me. And I think one of the things that I realized most about this trip is here I'm going down to build these people a house. That's not what I did. The lot, the what? Changed in my heart was knowing that my family isn't just the four or five people that I live with. My the family is the family that we built this house for, and those and the people that I went down on the trip with. I mean, we had an awesome time and had connected with every one of them, and it was so awesome. And James asked us to write um, or to doodle, and this is what I doodled: um, the first day you get there and you build and you not you make connections, but the second day the joy that I felt in my heart when those two little girls, Evelina and Jessica, came home. It was like, oh my gosh, the girls are home. They're home from school. And so I have my little stick people of Evelina and Jessica that just say, "Hola," And it was just the excitement and the joy to see that my family was growing. And the love that was in my heart for not only my family, but for the family that I could have within my church and within this, um, within the Mexico family that we had was awesome. Well, that's how God opened my eyes. Make my family bigger.
0: <laughs> very good, very good, Jerry. Thank you. Um, you got an extra bedroom in this new house. You'll have to invite <laughs> more and more family in. Okay, we're gonna see if uh, sweaty eyes are genetic. <laughs> no pressure, Jeff. No
2: pressure. I guess my time down there was to sit back and watch our team work. I promised myself I wouldn't do this. (laughs) Anyhow, watching our team work together, take this family and play with them, it wasn't just work. It was play. And to watch our team grow, that was my trip.
0: Jeff, thank you. One of, one of my greatest joys was watching the family units that went down and, and served together. Jeff's got a lot more in there. Um, you'll have to ask him later. I want to pray for these three. Worship team don't come up yet, and I'm going to invite three more up. Let's pray. Lord God, you have moved. You have touched. You have opened the eyes of jerry and courtney and jeff Uh, god you've opened the eyes that that culture and language uh, doesn't create boundaries and borders but that people are people i thank you for showing that to courtney i thank you lord for uh, widening uh, making bigger uh, jerry's family God, I pray that that love for others and that acceptance into her family would continue. God, I pray that the joy Jeff felt as he watched our team bond together as families would continue here today, tomorrow, the next day, into the weeks and months and years to come. May what he saw and felt take place in those that, didn't get to go as well. We praise you for these three, and you get the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you. I want to invite up Beth and Jeff Lund and Abby. They're going to share Wednesday. And on Wednesday, it's typical that our team gets to join the family at their church service. After three full days of working we did. We got to join them. This is always a highlight for me to get to watch other cultures worship, uh, to get to see them connect in their heart language. Having growing up a missionary kid, it's it's a little bit of going home for me. That night after church, we wrestled with some challenging questions, some personal questions. I asked the team, and they may not share some of this, but we did wrestle with these questions. I asked them, "What did you think about church?" I asked them, what, what was different there than at a typical service here at First Church? Was there a difference in the people? Was there a difference in their posture, maybe in their hearts that you could see? Was there some sort of intangible that you would want to bottle up and bring back to Spokane? Now that evening, there was, there was some good conversation, um, And it would have been risky to sit up here and talk about some of the things we talked about. I encourage you guys, don't just ask these three about their answers. Ask the entire team about their answers. For you three, Wednesday, tell us about it.
6: Uh, Well, kind of going back to before we left, I I had a lot of trepidation about this trip. Jeff, Right here. Jeff felt... um, Jeff felt it really heavy on his heart that we needed to go, and I kind of felt like, well, where Jeff goes, I go. <laughs> um, so when we got down there, my thought was, okay, God, what, what do you want from me? What, what are we doing here? Um, and I think Wednesday night really hit me. That was when I really got it. Um, went to their church. It was really small, but as we came in, it felt like everybody... In the church, came up and shook hands with us, and Buenos noches, and they're really happy to have us there. And um, they opened their service with the psalms that uh, James read this morning. And knowing, you know, that that verses seven and eight there. Can I read it? Yeah.
0: Okay. Psalm one thirteen, verse seven and eight. It started off, of course, praise the Lord. Um, and seven and eight says, He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even princes of his own people.
6: Yeah, that um, that was when it really when it really hit me. I didn't understand what they were seeing, but I could see the passage in Courtney's Bible, and and that part. Yeah, Mexico is dirty. It is dusty. Everything is dusty. It's in your hair. It's in your eyes. It's in your mouth. I came back. It's in my suitcase. <laughs> And there's, there's trash everywhere, you know, you're not going to buy a trash can when you can't even feed your family. So there's garbage all over the place. And um, When we got to the site, I got made fun of a lot, but it felt like there was a cloud of love. <laughs> right there at the site, just sitting, waiting for us every day when we came back. And that night, Wednesday night into Thursday morning, I couldn't sleep. It was rolling around in my brain that, you know, through him and through this family, we were being blessed, and we were all being lifted up from this dusty, dirty place and, and getting just a little bit of what he wants us to do and what he wanted us to feel. And I think, you know, I wrote six pages in my journal that night by the light of my cell phone so I didn't wake anybody else up, and it was all just that passage just kept coming back and back over and over again. I think, um, you know, they didn't, need, they didn't need a big, fancy Hacienda up on the hill. They didn't need us to build four bedrooms and a bathroom and a swimming pool out back. They were happy with a house that's a third the size of what Jeff and I are living in for six people. And um, they didn't care it was dirty. They didn't care that it was dusty. They had each other and and they knew that one day through their love and through what they had going on, we were all going to be lifted up. And that just... I cried. I cried all night while I wrote. I cried when I woke up. I had tears and dust dried to my face. So that was my my there moment. You
0: Thank you. Thank you.
7: Yeah, Cloud of Happiness. Her nickname was CeeLo on the trip. The cloud. I have nicknames for everybody, so if you want to know them, you can come find me. And I did figure out everybody's, by the way. I was still figuring them out last night. Um, so this is my third trip down with yugo and each time god reveals something a little bit different from to me and when you get to the end of a trip like this after leading it you're like why do we do this because <laughs> planning the fiesta and all those things it gets it's hard it's it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time and um, people don't always catch the vision of it until after they come back from the trip, and so they don't understand the importance of it. And it's, it's hard being the leader. Um, and every time I go down, I'm like, this is why we do it. And I, this year, God kind of really spoke two things to me. Um, a lot of people question, is this mission trip in a box experience really valid? Um, you go down, I mean, it's very... Structured what we do down there. We build a house in four days. We know exactly what we're supposed to do every single day of the trip. Um, and so people question eh, you're not authentic. You don't get to build relationships with the people that are lasting, especially like um, a lot of people in my life who are missionaries, like long term missionaries. They don't, they kind of, I don't know, look down on mission and box experiences. But um, at church on Wednesday, I realized, this is very effective. Um, Angel Angel was the pastor of this church. And he was probably, what, 50? You're forty-eight. 48. Oh, 48.
0: I spoke Spanish to ask him that.
7: Yeah, I'm sure
0: you did. We drew in the dirt.
7: <laughs> so he was close to 50 years old. Um, short little man. Very, very sweet demeanor. Yeah, stout and he was on the roof working with us every single day. Um, Talk about a pastor that gets into his congregation's life. He knew them very well, and he cared, and um, when we were at church that night, um, Roberto, who many of you have met when he came here, he was our translator for church that evening, and um, Roberto and us have become really good friends and I sat next to him and for a part of it and I said have you been to this church before and he said actually yeah this is my fifth time at this church and that made me start thinking this is a congregation of about 50-ish people which means five houses five families have been built a house in that church and you know that the pastor has been to every single one of those homes that's 10 percent of their church where they have had their pastor intentionally building into them and um, had, a, had a partnership with Hugo, And that means that Hugo comes back and people like us come back to that church. And that makes a difference. When you get to work with somebody one-on-one intentionally for a week, you get to know them. Um, and they know that they can go down to the church and ask for help. They can... They can share a joy with their pastor or with other members of their church. Um, and that was very, very, very significant to me. And the second thing was just our time with the national Yugo workers like Roberto and Rodolfo. This is, Rodolfo, is the third year in a row that he's been our um, foreman. And there's been a huge change in him over the last three years. He, um first year that just my family went down, he had an iPod in his ears almost the entire day. He was, this was just a job for him, get the work done, the end. Didn't really interact with very many of us, et cetera. Um, Got to know a little bit of his past. He had, um, he and his girlfriend had had a baby, and they had been in the Catholic church, and they were completely shunned, and so he had wanted nothing to do with the church. He got this job because his dad was the mechanic for Hugo and said, hey, they could use you. You're a hardworking young man. They could use your back. So why don't you come alongside? So he needed work, so he did. And then last year, he started off with the iPod, but he quickly lost it, probably because of um, his relationship with Scott that he built and um, others. And it was a... A friendship started, or a relationship, I guess, started. And... um, last year, many of you don't know this, but Scott and Courtney ended up going with Rodolfo after work, I guess, one night. And he has three kids, and um, just took him to Home Depot and said, hey, is there anything that would that you could use? And he really wanted to build a playhouse for his girls. And um, so they got him some wood, and they just formed a real good um, relationship. And then this year we came back, and we found out Rudy we call him Rudy, was our foreman again, and we were very excited. And um, Scott found out that he had moved. And, he, you know, you, you buy things for people and you wonder, eh, do they keep it? Is it beneficial? You know, did they really use it for that? Um, and we found out he moved and we're like, oh, well maybe he didn't, I don't know. So this time, Rudy, we found out he had totally bought into the mission of Yugo. And God is changing that man's heart. We don't know still where he's at in his faith, but he was in with the one initiating we need to pray before our work site, before we started the day's work. Um, there, was, there was no iPod, period, on him this year. Um, all right, it wasn't an iPod, it was an MP3 player. But um, he, was, he knew most of our team, um, and there was a true friendship that was formed there. They moved closer to the Yugo compound. His wife is now uh, one of the people who serves food in the morning and she has friends there. They've bought into this mission Um, and he told us kind of where he lived and he pointed it out to Scott and he said, there's the the playhouse. And he said, that thing was hard to move. (laughs) (laughs) But just showing that that was still very meaningful to him that he brought it up. Um, And that's... I love meeting the family and all that, but I really value the relationship we have with the churches going down there, and in the years to come, we can ask to even be with the same pastor, find a family in that church, and um, the relationship that we have with the nationals, um, the national workers. They're so meaningful, and we learn so much. Um, I know I'm going on. Sorry. Um,
0: I told people I'd cut them off, but there's uh, one person I won't.
7: (laughs) for instance Roberto I you know we're Facebook friends we keep in contact um and I said hey how are you doing and you know he it's not easy making money in Mexico but he's doing what he can and his whole family is centered around sending money to his brother who's in college at in Colombia he doesn't need to he doesn't it's his brother's choice to go to school there but that's his heart that's the heartbeat of the people of Mexico they are um they're a family, and they work as a family towards the goals of the family, and that was very, very significant to me, and to encourage him in that, and to be able to have that, and then he asking, how's our church doing? How, you know, what what's going on in the ministry of your church? And then he said, your boys, they come, to, it's so weird. They don't really know me, but they come to Mexico, and they just come out and find me. What? You know, where's Roberto? Where's Roberto? And I said, you're very significant in my kid's life. And he said, really? And just that, yeah, they call him the Justin Bieber of Mexico. (laughs) But um, there's a relationship there that's very, very real. He's as close a friend to me as many people here are. Um, Very, very significant. And so for that reason, that's why we continue going and doing this.
0: Thank you. It wasn't more than two sentences into Rhonda speaking on that first night where Abby leans over and said, this is why we come back. So, thank you, Abby. Jeff?
8: Um, I'd like to begin with just thanking everybody again in this church for um, opening up your hearts and supporting us on on this journey. It allowed us to open up our hearts and... And share our love with this community and uh, um, it was it was a real blessing um, without you guys there's no way we could have done this um, but one one thing that really stuck out for me was <laughs> a rooster hanging out with a dog. I mean they were just like best friends just hanging out together and that was that was kind of like us. I mean, you know what i don 't know if we're roosters or dogs, but we went into this culture that we I've never been a part of before um, but when we went to the church, I mean that was really special I mean that you, it doesn't matter what language you speak or where you come from I mean everybody's the, the presence of God was just so great that you could you could just completely understand everything you could you could understand everybody's hearts and thats that's That's what truly mattered and um, I got up in front of everybody and kind of shared about like what I was seeing on this trip and what I was feeling and I kind of froze at times because I was just in complete awe of the way that they pull together and they, they just embrace their family so greatly and with what little they have, they just have love and and that's that's just all that matters um it was just it was just really good is is a real life changing experience for me especially the kids i mean the kids are just they're running around like crazy they're happy as can be and they're not missing anything they don't care about the dirt you know i didn't even care about the dirt i love dirt <laughs> i miss playing in dirt hills when i was a kid and they just it, I mean, words just can't describe it. I just, if anybody ever feels like God is tugging you to do something like this, um, you know, just, just come talk with us and we'll, we'll tell you how to, you know, different steps you can take to get there because this was a long process for us to, to get to that point. But if you ever feel that, that pulling, just I encourage everybody, just, just go for it. I mean, God will make it happen, and it, it's one of those things where you just got to be there and experience it firsthand. And uh, I know we can we can describe all the little details about it all day long, but until you actually do something like that and and just feel your heart completely open with another culture, it's I mean it's just, it's amazing what it can do. Um, I guess that's about all I got.
0: That's good. Um, yeah. It's good stuff. Jeff says it's life changing. Definitely was. Invite him into your life, let him tell you more about it. I want to pray for these three. Worship team will come forward. We'll sing a few more songs and then have one more round of mission trip reports. This is fun, yes? Yes. yes. This is fun, yes? Yes. Let's pray. God, what a joy it is to hear. From, uh, from Beth, from Jeff, from Abby. God, to hear what you spoke to them, what you said to them, what they saw. God, I pray that what they shared would be inscribed in our hearts as well as a church. I thank you, Lord, for the relationships we have with a, a church in Mexico, with a missions organization in Mexico, for the ongoing relationships we've continued to build. And Father, grow those God, I thank you for the life-changing experience this was for Jeff, uh, running around with the kids and seeing love and being able to share in front of the church in Mexico. But you opened Beth's eyes to Scripture and to the meaning and passion that can be in it through another people group. Uh, God, help us all to see these things. May we continue to worship well this morning and, and continue to praise you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, perfect. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday is always a big day for us down in Mexico. We get to dedicate the house. Uh, We get to give the keys over. Um, It's very easy to see God's hand moving. It's very easy to hear the voice of God on Thursday. In our team time that night, we looked briefly at uh, Samuel's call from God. You guys are familiar with that story. Different times God calls the little boy Samuel. Samuel each time goes and asks Eli, yes, did you call? And Eli says, no, it wasn't. Back to bed. And finally, in the third time, Eli realizes, wait, this must be something from God. You know, tell God you're listening. So on that night, uh, we looked at that story. And the key verse out of that was really Samuel's response. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 10 It says, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We had spent the week praying that God would open our eyes and open our ears, and we've been asking him to show us what he wanted us to see. We recognized Thursday that we had a responsibility. Like Samuel, we recognized God calling and we were telling him, we're ready to listen. So on Thursday, we asked similar questions to what we had asked the rest of the week. What did you see, hear, and feel? And uh, whether or not they answer that this morning, they get to share with you what they experienced on Thursday. Kim?
9: So what I was hoping to see the most is that I didn't have to know their language to understand what they're saying or what they wanted or anything. And Thursday, I cut the mother's hair Um, she had wanted it cut all week and Wednesday she had told us manana which is tomorrow and so I was kind of I started combing through her hair and stuff um, and I was kind of waiting so I could have Rudy come over and translate for us and um, he was working on stuff in the house and everything so I was like okay well I'll just try and figure it out myself and so I had showed her like where she had wanted it cut and she said yeah and so I just went forward from there and she loved it when it was done and It just showed me that I don't have to speak their language to understand what they want or what they need, and um, I just saw a lot of love throughout the family, and what really hit me the most is when I gave the mother a hug after we uh, dedicated the house and everything. I just didn't want to let her go. I just wanted to stay there the whole time and just hug her and her son Christian. It was just, I didn't want to let her go.
0: Talk about risky, cutting somebody else's hair without knowing exactly if what they're saying means short or long or what. But I was on a ladder afterwards. I don't know if I told this to you, but I saw uh, the wife and the husband kind of talking off to the side. And uh, the husband was running his fingers through her hair with this big smile. (laughs) So apparently she cut it in the right length. Well done. RJ, talk to us about Thursday. So
10: there was a kid there about my age. Um, His name is Ricardo. Um, He started helping us out on Monday. He put together the siding. I helped him with that. He put together pretty much the framing of the roof and stuff like that. Um, I found out that he had a Yugo house that was built for him in the past. Um, He said that at the dedication of the handing of the keys and everything um, where he wanted to repay a favor and wanted to keep spreading the wealth and helping everyone else out because he got a gift. Um, But beginning of the day on Thursday, I kind of we got there a little bit late. We had to stop by the store. Um, I just kind of stepped aside. There's kind of like a little hill um, above the house where you can kind of just look over the whole valley, the house itself and everything. And I grabbed McKenzie and I was taking pictures of anything. I the house itself, anybody in general of the family of the houses above where I was standing, the below, and then Ricardo comes up to me and he 's like, "Here, come up with me to meet my family. Um, he has a one one year old little girl and everything, and we ended up taking some pictures. I like got a picture of his family, a picture of him holding mackenzie um, and it was It was awesome because it was like two families coming together and making like a friendship of something where I could barely understand what he's saying. He would say something and I'd be like, um, maybe, I don't know, see, <laughs> um, and stuff, which is really, really neat. And later in the day, he says something, I can't remember the saying, or but we got Rudy over to translate for us, and he's like, can I have McKenzie? I was like, uh, no, <laughs> but that was the thing though. My daughter touched so many people that like their hearts directly, um, their mother, every day like she wanted to see Mackenzie, she would hold Mackenzie for us, uh, Sydney the little girl that was pretty much her babysitter, I even made jokes like Sydney's coming home with us, We're she's our full time babysitter now, and she was only, what? 11 or 12 years old, and she already knew exactly what to do, which was awesome. Yeah, right there. And so, I mean, every single one of those kids helped her. Um, And then Ricardo and I, Scott got to work with him a lot on Thursday. He'll probably talk about it. Um, But I felt we joined a, we got a relationship out of there with just maybe communicating through a couple words and everything
0: and stuff like that, so... Why you send it down this way? We're going to have Ken talk, because what he's going to talk about also happened on Thursday, and we'll let you finish, Scott. Um, uh, one of the days, I think it was Monday, maybe Tuesday, I looked up and saw RJ talking to Ricardo, and there was uh, Mackenzie, and our, uh, Ricardo was sitting there dancing with Mackenzie, and RJ was trying to dance next to him. <laughs> Ken, uh, Thursday. We, had a, we came back from the day, we had a good, um, we had chapel every night with all the teams that were there. We got to watch a video of, uh, of the highlights each day. And uh, Thursday was impactful. Ken's not going to share much, because he's going to sit down and we're going to have more of a conversation with you guys next week with Ken, but tell us what you got there, Ken.
11: Um, well, this paper in front of me says, I commit to a Wait, life.
0: Hold on, you can't just read it like that. Are you going to explain it after? Okay. Okay. So you got to Right here. You got a system? I'm sorry. Right there so that people can hear you.
11: She can't hear you. I commit to a life of love, selfless, Christ-centered, sacrificial love. I commit to love the broken, lost, poor, hungry, and forgotten, so that Mexico will know, so that my hometown will know, so that the world will know what love of Jesus looks like. Um, that was a promise I made on Thursday night after a service that I signed a piece of paper, put it up on a board, and says that I would come home and share the love between everybody that I know that's either broken, poor, or just doesn't know Jesus, that I would share Jesus with them and the love that he has.
0: That's a big step. We're going to hear more about Ken and the impact this trip had on him. Next week, we'll even show you a great picture of, uh, something. (laughs) Scott, tell us about Thursday.
12: Check, check. What a powerful week, you know, uh, great time last year, great time this year, but I didn't, um, I didn't have that big, like, story of connecting with the family. It was a lot different for me this year, and, uh. I didn't journal about it. I didn't know what it was. It just uh, yeah, I had 1,500 miles to think about it on the drive home. And uh, I, I'm going to try and explain kind of how I feel. Uh, so there were three main themes that you've heard over and over again. Uh, there's love, there's what you see, and there's community. Those three things have happened. Um, and everybody had a part of that. Now, when we talk about the love part, um, it was explained very well down there that, you know, their, their theme this year is um, Mexico Yoteamo, and, and there's lots of different words for love in Spanish, but that love is agape love, it is like God's love, it's like the call to love kind of love that you have, and so it's it's, it's bigger than just loving Mexico, it's, it's being called to love uh, Mexico, so, so keep that in mind. Um, then we also talked a, a lot about community. We had the community that we were going to serve and the family that was there. We had the community of their church. But we also had the small little community that was us, that was was our group there. And probably some of the most special times to me were the times that we were spending as our group, not when we were building the house, not when we were, were doing the other things, but just with us as as a community of believers that were on the same trip, that had time, that gave each other time to look in each other's eyes and get to know each other uh, while we were down there. And um, last time I came back and I I had a big, you know, challenge. You should go to Mexico. You know, some people challenged it. But today I really feel that the challenge is to spend the time and get to know each other right here. You don't have to go 1,500 miles away to sit together.
0: <laughs> almost, oh, made almost made it. So close. Next year
12: I'm going all the way through LBO. <laughs> you don't have to go 1,500 miles. We're right here. We're right next to each other. How well do you know the person that you sit to in the pew next to you? It is a very, very loving, telling thing to intentionally spend time with each other like we were able to do. You know, we got away from our distractions. We didn't, we weren't worried about, you know, everything else that was going on. And we looked each other in the eye and we got to know each other. And that is part of the agape love. That's a a love that is easy to do. It just takes time. And it just takes a commitment to do that. And uh, so that's my challenge, I think, that I'm going to challenge myself with and my challenge out to you as well is to get to know that person that you sit next to on Sunday. You know, spend more time than Sunday or, you know, Wednesday, Awana, or any of that. Spend personal time one-on-one or in a group, and, you know, and it's, it's powerful. It'll change your life.
0: That's all I got. Scott, thank you. I want to pray for you four. Uh, we're going to show just one day of video. Um, kind of whet your appetite. We'll show day one. And uh, then we'll close with a little time of community pray, praying and uh, the doxology. Let me pray. <laughs> Father, thank you so much that you first demonstrated your agape love to us uh, by seeking us out, uh, by doing whatever it took to make sure we could have that relationship with you. God has shared what, what a great challenge uh, for us to have that agape love for each other. God, I pray that you will continue to push us and nudge us in that. God, I pray, as RJ talked about the relationships that were built down in Mexico, that we would have those here as well, not just with those that sit next to us, but with our neighbor, uh, with the person across the street, with the person who sits next to us at work. God, form relationships that are meaningful. And God, as Kim prayed, as as she talked about, maybe there's differences between us and those other people. Help us to realize that those differences do not need to keep us separate. Uh, God, we look forward to what you are doing in Ken's life. We look forward to hearing more about that. God, we thank you again for what you have done in this team and in this church through this trip. Uh, may this not just be one week where we, where, we, where we work and serve and celebrate, but may this become a, a life pattern for us. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Five houses, four days, 65 different people, uh, four other churches in our conference, and we got to be a small part of what God is doing in his kingdom. Thank you for what you guys had done to get us there, for your prayers. This was all part of, we were all there. So uh, I encourage you guys, don't let this report be the end of what you hear. Uh, We're going to cancel um, explicit gospel formation hour so that you guys have a little bit more time out there uh, to eat and also because it's a little bit, uh, it's 11.15. So uh, we realized that while we were gone to Mexico, life continued to happen here. Uh, we realized there was a uh, significant weather um, disaster. Uh, Hurricane Sandy struck the East Coast. The Bishop's Relief, uh, they are raising money to uh, help Uh, the victims and and recovery over there. If you are interested in giving a little bit towards that, go ahead and put it in the offering boxes in the back. We'll make sure it gets to the Bishop's Relief Fund. Um, This last week was also the cruises last week here with us until they go to the Philippines. Uh, They'll be going down there on Tuesday, I believe, flying down, six months, all all three of them. Um, And we want to take just a moment to pray for them and uh, send them on their way and uh, pray for their safety and health and uh, everything else. Sound good, Jamie? Yes. Good. Okay, good. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cruises. Uh, we thank you for the impact they have on our lives here. And Lord, for the impact that they and their house has in the Philippines. Uh, God, what a joy it was to sit with them last week and hear of how that house is being used while, while they're up here. God, as they go down to the Philippines or over, um, I pray that you would protect them. I pray for travel mercies. Uh, Lord, I pray for health for them as they go and as they're over there for six months. Uh, God, refresh them, rejuvenate them, and may they, may they just be a light to their family members and to the community that their house is in. Uh, God, bring them back to us safely in six months. Uh, keep them on our minds and hearts so that we can lift them up in prayer. And we pray the same thing with us for them. God, thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So blessings on your travel. Uh, yesterday, one other thing that took place while we were gone, Elena's grandfather went home to be with the Lord. Um, we want to pray for them, for the family. He was a strong believer. Uh, what, a, what a time of joy and grieving. So let's pray for Elena and their family as they both celebrate and uh, send Grandpa home. Lord God, it is uh, it's bittersweet to say goodbye to a, to a loved one. And God, we, we thank you so much for Elena's grandpa, the life that he lived, the love that he had for you, the impact he had on so many different lives. Uh, God, we, we, we thank you that they can celebrate his life this week. God, we thank you for the way he held on uh, even having breakfast with Grandma um, and, and sending, her, uh, sending her home before going home to be with you. God, we pray that you would comfort Elena and Nathan, the girls. We pray that you would comfort the entire family as they, uh, as they plan the memorial, as they, as they participate in that. We pray for travel mercies for them, too, as they go back and forth to Portland and with the rest of the family. Uh, God, hold them firmly in your grip in this time. We pray for your grace and mercy for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's sing the doxology together to close. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. guys are dismissed. Have a great week.